This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, welcome, welcome. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's live call-in show, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And um, we're here for you, we're here for your pets, we're here to uh, you know answer whatever questions you may have. Um, I don't always have the answers, but I can find them. And uh, in fact, one of the questions today, I had to do my own little homework. So uh, it just shows, yeah, yep, you can teach an old dog new tricks. And it's your questions that kind of gets us to start looking things up and and uh, so that, that's a good thing. So we, we love the challenges here. Absolutely love the challenges. So uh, as I said, we're here for you. Uh, a couple of ways you can get a hold of us this morning or this afternoon. Uh, number one is this good old-fashioned phone, 877-385-8882. Once again, toll-free, 877-385-8882. You can also send me a quick note live here at Pet Life Radio. It would be forwarded to me live on air, and that's to Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com and drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com. And then finally, the most fun way is to join us here live on Google Hangouts. So go on to PetLifeRadio, click on Shows, scroll down to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Uh, you should be that one. And if you're listening to us now, you're probably on it anyway. And you in the box, uh, you can see a Google Hangouts link left uh, by our wonderful producer, Mark Winter. And uh, you can just click on it and join us live. If you have your pet with you, and as I say many, many times, get used to this because telemedicine, telehealth is here. Uh, we're going to be we're going to be using it. Your doctors are going to be using it. It's going to provide you with a lot of comfort knowing that you can reach somebody twenty four seven. It's also going to save you time and money because you won't have to jump in the car and travel, you know, however far you have to go to get to your vet, sit in the waiting room, only to find out that that huge bump that you're worried about was just a wart or a lipoma, a little benign growth. So these things are very helpful for you. I had a call last night at, uh, God, it was like maybe 1.30 in the morning, and the dog had a very swollen conjunctiva, uh, like an allergic reaction to something. The, Of course, the owner was panicked, wanted to know she should jump in the car and go to emergency. So we went on to FaceTime and looked at the eye, and it was nothing to worry about. And I told her, if it's still there in the morning, to give me a holler. And guess what? Haven't heard from her yet. So I'm sure that it was nothing. So these are little things that we can do with telemedicine and telehealth. So, you know, it's um, it's really great. I want to thank our major corporate sponsor here, Pawfume, uh, by Dr. Jeff Werber. And uh, basically, I teamed up with Pawfume. It was basically a pet perfume type company. That's the name, Pawfumes. And we added our line. I gave them formulas that I've had when I had my line many years ago. And we are online, perfumepremium.com, P-A-W-F-U-M-E, premium, all one word, .com. Great stuff, veterinary quality. Some of the stuff you can't even find at your vet. I mean, my skin and coat emollient spray is amazing. My ear cleaner, my ear cleaner was the number one selling ear cleaner at one of the, well, I could say it, at Petco. And until they got very greedy and decided to copy my bottle and the color of my ear cleaner and sell it for a buck and a half less, not nearly as good because it wasn't the same ingredients. But, you know, most consumers don't know that. They say, oh, my God, here's the same same color. It's the same bottle. Um, now I'm sure it's the same. Well, not necessarily. Anyway, great stuff. You know, so if you really want a good, good wellness 
healthcare. We call it Health Solutions by Dr. Jeff. And, um, you know, it's really, really good stuff. So perfumepremium.com and uh, go online, check them out, check some of the, by the way, the stuff smells great. That's where the perfume comes in. We took some of their scents, which are amazing. And, you know, they make perfumes for the human industry. So we're talking high quality, good stuff. And it, it is really, really effective, works great. pH balance, lathers well as far as the shampoos. Look, check out my skin and Mayan, my first aid spray, my ear cleaner. Those are my Dr. Jeff's picks. And uh, no, it's a uh, Dr. Jeff and Perfume. What a great partnership. Check them out. So anyway, you know, as I like to do often is, uh, well, we, we got a couple of um, questions, which I'm going to share with you after the break. But um, one of the things I wanted to do is go over the news story out last week. And purposely, because I really wanted to talk about it some more. And I wanted to sort of gather some of input from you, our listeners. What are you thinking? What are you considering? Have you spoken to your veterinarian? And what's this about? It's about marijuana pot. It is gaining popularity. A number of states have taken away the restrictions, and now it is legal for recreational use. And there's the good, the bad, the ugly. The good is that I do believe there are many benefits. The bad is that we don't necessarily know what all of the toxic levels are. We know what the LD50 is. We've talked about this before. And LD50, for those of you who don't know the scientific term, it's going to gross you out. It is the lethal dose 50. That means the lethal dose, the dose that 50% of the animals tested are given this dose, they'll die. I mean, we're talking a lot. That's about three grams per kilogram body weight. So if you take your average, say, you know, 40 pound dog, right? That's about, say, let's say just under 20 kilos, like 18 and a half kilos. Multiply by three, okay? So you got 54, 54 grams, right? Obviously, your dogs aren't getting a hold of 54 grams. So it's a lot, but we don't necessarily know what the therapeutic, what the toxic doses are. So until we know, now we don't mean death, we just mean doses that will cause unwanted signs in our dog, things that are not desirable. And until we know those levels, then we can't start testing for therapeutic levels. So that's the bad part. The ugly part is this. Check this out. And I'm just reading this from, from the ABMA Smart Brief, that the veterinarians treating more cases of marijuana toxicity were, right, that because the states have been, and many states have been decriminalized, pet poison centers say calls related to marijuana have increased by, catch this out, 448%, okay, since 2013. So, you know, extreme toxicity, which we don't really see, fortunately, uh, couldn't result in seizures, coma, and, and actually death. Uh, there have been a couple of reported cases of pot butter, which is apparently extremely potent. Most of the times we're not going to get dogs that are dying, but they are getting weird behavior, weird reactions, and we really need to learn a lot more. And of course, all of this is clouded by the fact that there are so many different varieties out there. So talk to your veterinarian. There is CBD, cannabidiol, which has no THC or, or negligible THC. Very safe. We see a lot of positive. There's the cannabinoids, which do have some degree of THC. So there are so many different varieties, so many different levels of THC, so many different types and strengths of THC that it's going to be an uphill battle. But fortunately, now with California, uh, adding UC Davis onto the team, along with Colorado State University, which has already been doing a lot of studies, I think it's going to take a you know, number of years, but we will get there where we have really good recommendations, good scientific data to 
share with you about the benefits. Okay, another story. And this is really, really cool. Benefits of therapy dogs actually go both ways. And that's really nice. When you think about it, more than 50,000, all right, dogs were studied at the pediatric cancer centers across the country. Okay. And what they did was they measured cortisol levels. Cortisol is a good measure of stress. And these dogs actually show depressed, decreased cortisol levels, meaning they are not stressed. They actually enjoy working with these kids. So don't think it's work for them. They get a kick out of it too, because the kids, you know, we know dogs, they, they respond to us. So when you have these kids that are ill and that are just love that affection, that attention, they put out that vibe and these dogs feel great as well. So I think that's great. So if you have a dog that it could be a good therapy dog and you want to have it trained and certified, please consider it because your dogs will love it as well. Um, another you know, short story, we talked about this before, and we've had Dr. Danny McVitie on from Lap of Love, but when is it time to say goodbye? I get this question all the time. By the fact that it comes all the time tells me that it applies to many of you, many of you who have senior pets. And you know, one of the things that, that you have with your pet that I don't have with your pet is the relationship. And it really does, that close relationship definitely clouds your judgment. So what we see, you know, typically say is that when the therapies you're using for your pets, whether it's for severe arthritis, weakness, dementia, which we're going to get to dementia in a little bit, when it gets to the point where they're no longer effective and the pet really seems to be suffering. And we, you know, one of the criteria I use, just it's something you can kind of put in terms that you can understand. If this were grandma, all right, or maybe if you're lucky enough, great grandma, and you are considering putting her in a home or hiring a 24-7 nurse, all right, because she can do nothing on her own anymore. That's when it's time to say goodbye. When the burden becomes so strong for you as well, it starts affecting that beautiful bond that we've shared for so many years. And instead of looking at, oh my God, but I'm going to lose an extra month or two or three, why don't you think of the 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years that you've shared and how wonderful that has been and why should your pet suffer for even a minute? And as Danny, we talked about this when she was on, that you can make, you can never make a mistake of saying goodbye a little bit too early, but you can make a terrible mistake of waiting too long. So uh, keep that in mind. If you're faced with that, if you want to you know, write or talk about it or share your story with us, we'd love to hear from you, 877-385-8882. Let others benefit and learn from what you're going through as well. You know, when I finally had to put Grover down, and many of you know I had a, a 16-year, say almost 16-and-a-half-year-old Labrador, had already gone through surgery at 15, removed a terrible grade 3 aggressive mast cell tumor, had him on medication. And, you know, who puts a, a 15-year-old Labrador to, uh, under anesthesia to take for a two-and-a-half-hour procedure to take a tumor off? Well, the idiot right here did. And guess what? I got almost a year and a half more. And when it was finally time, I let him go peacefully. It was not a battle. I didn't have to torture myself because I knew that he had given me another year and a half. How can I, how can I possibly complain about that? So it was wonderful. And I sent him on peacefully. And um, do we miss him? Of course we do. But I think it was best for him. We got to, you know, sometimes the third party, the veterinarian, a friend can look from the outside in and not see what you see. They're not as intimately involved and they can help guide you as well. So this week, starting the 6th is National Pet Week. The AVMA is National Pet Week. Uh, it's a great partnership between veterinarians and clients to promote responsible pet ownership 
and to basically honor the many pets in our lives. It's great. Somebody you know, check with your veterinarian. There may be some specials, but it's really a wonderful, wonderful thing. National Pet Week gives us an opportunity to celebrate the bond that we share with our pets and just to celebrate our pets and how lucky we are. You know, I have my 11, my four dogs, six cats, and my little Russian dwarf hamster, who is like the best thing on the planet. And uh, he doesn't bite. I don't know if any of you had Russian dwarf hamsters. They are known to bite. And this little guy does not bite. It's like he refuses to bite. So uh, Frenchies, we talk about them a lot. I have two. My son has one. I see over 300 plus Frenchies in my practice. And so this out of the United Kingdom. They are rapidly becoming more and more popular. And now they are one of the most popular pets in the United Kingdom, as they are here in the States. We are They are now number four to the Labrador, the German Shepherd, the Golden Retriever, and now the French Bulldog. And the fear is whenever dogs become this popular, some of the breeding practices seem to slack. And here's a perfect example. They don't have their, they have skinfold dermatitis, they brachycephalic obstructive airway disease, the stomatic nares, the elongated soft palate. I fix those all the time. They get ear infections. They have diarrhea. They have conjunctivitis. So understand that there is no perfect breed. And the goal of responsible breeding is to try to eliminate these conditions if they have appeared and become a problem in the parent dog. Do not use them for breeding. Unfortunately, the money that they look at for this, how much they sell these dogs for, overpowers the responsible pet breeding. And that's when we have problems. So just know, really look into your breeder's rescue. There are so many Frenchies now that are available in adoption centers, and they are absolutely adorable, perfect little dogs. Don't know why people gave them up, but you definitely can find pure breed French bulldogs at many of the rescue areas in town, the rescue groups. And I would highly suggest you look that way. And one last thing, well, we have a couple of things, but we're going to break in just a minute. And then we're going to come back and talk about some of our emails. But due to the late spring in Vermont, so if you live in the Vermont area, the officials are basically warning residents about bears. And so the classic warnings, make sure your trash cans are well secured. If you leave food bowls outside for your dogs, if you have dogs outside, make sure they are secured or put away. You know, anything like if you have um, beehives and you collect honey, remember bears love honey. Anything that is attracting bears, you need to be very, very careful. So pet food bins, bowls, you name it, make sure they're well secured. Get those those elastic straps, something even stronger because for a bear, elastic strap really does not help a whole lot. But um, just keep in mind that in certain areas like that, you will be seeing bears if you live in the country, especially in the Northeast. So before we go on, to some really frightening statistics about mosquito and tick-borne diseases. We're going to take a quick break here on Pet Life Radio. Don't go away. Back in a minute with Dr. Jeff. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Tired of wasting money on giant bags, boxes, and jugs of litter that don't last? Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter that lets you use less and get more. World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to deliver outstanding odor control and easy cleanup. It's lightweight, 99% dust-free, and pet, people, and planet-friendly. It's even flushable. Make the switch to World's Best Cat Litter and save $2. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops, get the third bottle 
free. New improved Lycochops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lycochops. Buy two, get one free. At Dinovite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Bets with Dr. Jeff. And so before the break, um, we were just uh, talking some stories. I left you with one to think about, and, um, and that is mosquito and tick-borne diseases. They're posing a growing threat. Listen to this statistic. It's kind of freaky. Back in 2004, there were 27,388 cases of some sort of vector-borne tick or mosquito-borne disease, and in 27,388, in 2016, 96,075. That is huge. That's over three times the amount. So it's tremendous. Most of these uh, diseases are tick-borne diseases. So you really need to be very, very cautious, very aware. If you hike with your pets, you make sure make sure you have some good tick repellents. Now, the mosquito illnesses, are there seem to be more spread out and more like an epidemic area. So all of a sudden, you'll see a group out of the blue, but it's not as common as tick-borne diseases. And you don't realize, I mean, everyone hears of, of things like Lyme disease, but, but how about, you know, Ehrlichia? All right. You know, these are some of the other uh, Babesia. These are all tick related diseases and you have to be very, very careful. So what I would highly recommend is talk to your veterinarian and make sure that, that if you are spending time in a wooded area where there are ticks and you should check yourselves, don't just check your dogs when you come home, check yourselves too, because that is very, very, very serious stuff. And some of the diseases, most of the diseases are very treatable, but you got to catch them early. So, you know, keep that in mind. And one last thing before we get to the questions, that dogs that frequent dog parks, okay, you want to make sure that they are, you have to add a couple of core vaccines now to their typical core vaccine. It's no longer just Bordetella, distemper, parvo, and rabies. If you live in areas and you frequent a dog park, think about influenza. In fact, a lot of the boarding facilities, a lot of the hospital chains now are requiring influenza vaccine for anyone whose dog is boarding there. And also, when you want to think about other things like heartworm disease, and another one is leptospirosis. Even though your dog may not also hike, but dogs at frequent dog parks typically also frequent do a lot of hiking in mountains or a lot of streams, and leptospirosis is common. Then it's transmitted through the urine. Well, so when you go to dog parks, as you know, these dogs are peeing on everything, and other dogs don't ask why they do it, but they love to do it. They lick the areas and they get that little scent thing going. So they are easily be reinfected or not reinfected. They can infect themselves, not because of where they went, but because of other dogs that did. So the recommendation now, if you frequent dog parks, not only the basic vaccines, but also add influenza, add lepto, make sure your dogs have a really effective veterinary approved flea and tick product. As again, from the story we just had on ticks, very, very important. And if you live in an area where there are mosquitoes, uh, definitely talk to your veterinarian, but consider heartworm prevention as well. So I had a couple of uh, questions that we're going to share with you. This is from Carol. And Carol says, I'm trying to find a solution for nighttime yipping, whining, and barking. Basically, wants to go out and roam, takes uh, several anti-anxiety drugs. 
Then on gabapentin seems to work best. I wonder if there are cannabis products, interesting question, given what we just talked about earlier, that would help. He is driving me crazy. I am so sleep deprived. I'm walking to walls. I'm not ready to put him down. Talk about that too. Please help. Thank you. So dementia, Alzheimer's disease. It's you know one and the same. The process happens in dogs just as it does in people. It may be a genetic component. Uh, we see it a lot more. And as dogs really you know sort of advance in age, they seem to lose it. They lose their environment. They don't know where they are sometimes. They wake up and you, you can see them staring at a wall in a corner and they appear to be stuck. They vocalize at night. This is, you know, a classic example. So, you know, there are certain supplements that are good, antioxidants. A lot of the brain diets that are being promoted are high in antioxidants. Uh, some of the medications, there's one called Anapril. It's basically selegiline. And, um, and selegiline is, or L-deprinil, another name for it. That is what is often used in people. And, you know, I try everything. If they seem to be agitated, I'll put them on something like a, a gabapentin or a Xanax or a Prozac. If they are, and even now, I would say certainly look into the CBD products because they seem to be effective. I've heard a lot of empirical data. As I said, unfortunately, up till now, except for CSU, Colorado State University, there have been no real approved scientific studies, but the empirical data from users is, is all over the place. And we see a lot of positive effects, good stuff when it comes to seizures, when it comes to um, things like that. So something it's a, certainly you want to consider. So dementia, it's a common aging problem. First of all, of course, make sure that there's no pain anywhere. So you definitely need to have a full physical x-rays because sometimes these dogs also have thing, problems like arthritis. And what they're whining is because they are in pain. They're in discomfort. So not only do we want to treat the dementia, but we also, if, they, if we can show that there are other signs of a problem that might be predisposing them to this vocalization, let's take care of that as well. The goal, of course, is to keep them comfortable. The more comfortable you keep them, as Carol has already witnessed, the more comfortable she'll be because she can get some sleep as well. So something to do some homework on, uh, but it is a problem that we often deal with with aging dogs. And our goal really is just try to treat symptomatically the best way we can, make sure they are healthy from a physiologic standpoint, make sure they're healthy from a skeletal standpoint and um, joints, et cetera. And if they are, then we work with what we can do. And as I said, anapril, which is daldepranil, uh, antioxidants. If we have to use some calming formulas like a gabapentin, like, um, you know, or pain, you know, tramadol, some of the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, then yes, we can do that as well. Now, next question I got, and this was interesting because I don't do a lot of naturopathic, homeopathic medicine, but the issue was dog lipomas. Lipomas are benign fatty tumors. They usually appear under skin, sometimes just under the skin, which are a little easier for us as far as surgical removal. And other times they are literally under one of the muscle layers, which makes it, of course, a little bit more of a challenge just from a surgical perspective. This caller, Tommy, wants to know of an herb that will help reduce lipomas on a dog. So I was doing my own, you know, I, I have this great herb book and um, it was interesting. So I go, of course, to the index, look at lipomas. This thing is so extensive. It has everything on everything and not a single uh, reference to lipomas. Then I went to fatty tumors, F -A, you know, on the Fs, nothing about fatty tumors. I went to tumors and there are only two little bylines about tumors. So kind of tells me maybe that there's not a lot of successful stuff from the herbal standpoint, but I did some homework online and two things that come up seem more often than not. So maybe there's something there. One 
from a topical perspective, you can make a mixture using sage and from an oral perspective and topical, turmeric. So they make it like a turmeric tincture. You can apply it onto the skin. This author, a Canadian, not a veterinarian, not a veterinarian, I have to preface that, but like a behaviorist and uh, apparently seems to be fairly knowledgeable about this arena and uh, clearly states that, you know, this because of toxins in the body. And when you see lipomas, even though from our Western medicine perspective, they're benign. They typically happen in overweight dogs, fatty deposits. She says when you remove them, they always come back. That's necessarily true. It depends if you leave any tissue behind. But if you get them all, they're usually well encapsulated. When they are, uh, they do not come back. And um, if one comes back, it's not in the exact same place. It's going to come back because once you see adonis, they are prone to more lipomas. Now, if we want to talk about toxins in the body and age and age expectancy. She makes a comment that you know back in the you know twenties and thirties, some of the big breeds were living to fifteen, sixteen. Now it's eight to twelve. Yet my Labrador, no, a dog that is known for lipomas, a breed that is he was not heavy at all, but he developed a lot of lipomas. I like to see more of as a practicing veterinarian is more scientific data as opposed to empirical data. And I did not, could not find any studies scientifically accepted studies by the scientific community as to why these dogs develop lipomas. My recommendation, again, I'm Western all the way, is that I do not like, unless it's a huge one, I do not like to remove them and anesthetize the dog just for that. However, if I'm going to anesthetize them for something else already, like a dentistry or, or something more serious, while they're under anesthesia, yes, I will take off the tumors. Let me leave you with one quick story. My mother had a, a red doby who had a, a lipoma under her arm. She was 12 at the time. 12 is pretty old for Adobe. So I told him, ah, you know, she's 12 years old. It's not that big. It's not bothering. Now the thing is twice the size. I said, now she's really not going to go much very longer. So why don't we just let her be? She, it's not, not impeding her, her front leg out because the thing was under the arm. And I said, I take her blood test and she looked pretty darn good for her age. So I said, what the hell? 14, let me, I'll, I'll just, I'll knock her out and do it. I take this thing out. It must have weighed about five pounds. It was huge. And um, would you believe it? She also lived to 16. So, you know, you never know. You know, sometimes if it really affects their ability to behave normally, to walk normally, you definitely want to remove them. Uh, a lot of times you're in places that it's just maybe unsightly. When you pet them, you feel it. A lot of times on the ventral surface, big deal. So, you know, you have to really look at it from an individual standpoint, the risk of anesthesia, how extensive the post-op will be. Is it so big that it's going to need drains? Yes, we had to put drains and feather because it was very big. But anyway, there you have it. There's no right answer. You have to look at each case as an individual case, discuss it with your fam, discuss it with your veterinarian, and you'll make the right choice. Anyway, thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio. Thank you to Pawfume by Dr. Jeff Werber. Um, again, go online to pawfumepremium.com. I guarantee, and our products, by the way, are guaranteed, you will love these things. Skin and Cotamayan and, and um, their shampoos are fantastic. The, um, the ear cleaner, uh, great. Um, the first aid spray. If you were a guy to remember, like when you had a, your mom used to use Bactine years ago, we made a first aid spray with that is natural, that is non-alcohol based, that doesn't sting when it goes on, and it is definitely antibacterial. It is fantastic, so think about that as well. My first aid spray, it's the best out there. I'll say that with confidence. All right, don't we'll uh, so we'll see you next week right here, same bat time, same bat channel. And as I, I don't know if you saw, I will stand up to show you. I had my surgery this week, and uh, my shoulder surgery, and I am in this sling for six weeks. 
and I'm having to write right hand. I'm a lefty, so I have to write right-handed. My notes look like a third grader. I should say a first grader just learning to write. Um, I'm getting used to it, though. Hopefully, in a few weeks, I'll be even better. I'll be able to read my own notes. If you have any questions, you can either reach me here at Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com or join us next week and um, just join us live, and you'll go into Google Hangouts and ask away. And uh, thanks for those, um, Tommy, Carol, for writing in. And anybody else who wants to have, has any questions, you know how to get a hold of me. All right. Have a great week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.